Good morning, good morning, podcasters. Hoping this morning that you're hearing me both on the podcast and on the Zoom this morning. So um, today we are continuing with our emotional intelligence book. Um, and the more we get into it, it's funny, the more logical it seems and the more excited I am to find out about things. And today we're going to develop the idea of, of the way we respond as humans to situations and how we can explain that. And that we, we had a couple of stories yesterday and, um, you know, the response that we make in certain situations can literally be a life or death uh, response. So um, I have a little uh, story for you to start this morning. So a, a friend was telling me about her divorce, a painful separation. Her husband had fallen in love with a younger woman at work and suddenly announced he was leaving to live with the other woman. Months of bitter wrangling over house, money and custody of the children followed. Now, some months later, she was saying that her, her independence was appealing to her. She was enjoying it, that she was happy to be on her own. I just don't think about him anymore. I really don't care, she said. But as she said it, her eyes momentarily welled up with tears. So the moment that the tears welled up, like a lot of people probably wouldn't have even noticed and the moment would have passed, but that's like our emotional side of our brain giving us away. The rational side of her brain was saying, yeah, I'm enjoying it, I like my independence, uh, but there's still raw emotion there, which you know what showed in the welling up of uh, uh, tears. And what we learn as we read a little more about this chapter is that um, we all have those two, two things going on in our brain at any one moment. We have the emotional and the rational. And what happens in, uh, in your brain is you've got a bit of a bully and the bully is the emotional side. And it's always trying to to get going. So well, often we might say one thing and feel another, but in more uh, difficult situations, like when um, yesterday when we were talking about Miranda Crabtree, when we have situations like that, our emotional brain is so fast to react that sometimes it doesn't give us time for that rational response. And so when Miranda's father, Bobby, shot her, it was because his emotional uh, part of his brain uh, got there much, much quicker than his rational part of the brain. Um, Usually, when your brain is is normally operating, they they work in harmony. So your uh, 
you're in any situation you're in, your rational brain has a, a chance to calm the emotional side down and uh, come out with something that uh, make, makes sense to everybody. Um, but like I say, the emotional brain is the one that comes out in like hundreds of a second. It can respond to any situation. Um, and in the 16th century, there was a humor, humanist, Erasmus of Rotterdam, and he wrote in a satirical vein of this perennial tension between reason and emotion. And this is what he wrote. Jupiter has bestowed far more passion than reason. You could calculate the ratio as 24 to 1. He set up two raging tyrants in opposition to reason's solitary power, anger and lust. How far reason can prevail against the combined forces of these two, the common life of man, makes quite clear. Reason does the only thing she can and shouts herself hoarse, repeating formulas of virtue, while the other two bid her to go hang herself and are increasingly noisy and offensive until at last their ruler is exhausted, gives up and surrenders. And why did I read that? Because that was in the 16th century. Erasmus was already recognizing that uh, there was this constant battle going on between rational and an emotional side of the brain. So um, what we have to do is we have to understand that we have these things going on in the mind is trying to fight with the emotional. We have to let it in. We have to try to not have that impulsive, action that we always get when uh, the emotional uh, brain is winning. So I know that uh, Marie-Pierre has some examples for you and uh, will elaborate a bit. Yes, thank you, Melanie. And just before I start, I want to make sure that everyone shared the podcast this morning. So if you haven't shared, that's the time to do it. So if you are on Podbean, of course, you want to share to uh, be sure to have more hearts at the end of the month to be in the draw for the conditioning program. And on Facebook, when you share, always please add a comment so people will know why they should listen to the podcast. Because yes, it's with it's with your help every morning when you share the podcast that we can achieve our big vision of building a thousand millionaire. And that goes with uh, building uh, our community first. And it's with your help when you share every morning the podcast. So yes, the difference between the emotional thinking, rational thinking. So I found a few examples just to really understand what is the reasonable reasonable mind and emotional mind. So the reasonable mind is often thought as the logical and fact-based. So for example, if you are creating a budget, of course, it's your rational uh, thinking that is uh, including that. If you are baking a recipe from scratch, 
now you will need your rational mind or if you are figuring out your route to go on vacation yes you will use your rational thinking your emotional mind is ruled by emotion so it is often more impulsive and act upon due to intense feeling and a sense of urgency so for example you could saying uh, you could by be saying something hurtful to a loved one in the heat of the moment or using drugs or falling in love emotion mind does not take into account logic or reason so if you think about yourself do you think you are more emotional or rational are you uh, basing your decision on what feels good or what makes inter intellectual sense so if you uh, want to express yourself do you take more um, effective use of your words or do you enjoy the visual and artistic task are you more passionate and reactive or you are more based on your work based on an analytic analytical <laughs> approach so for you what do you think do you are you more emotional or rational so go in the comment i want to know uh, the people with us on the podbean are you more emotional or rational for you, Melanie, I think you will say rational. <laughs> I, I would, I would say rational, but I think um, I've become more rational as I've got older, and I think that is one thing that uh, now I look at the way my daughter reacts to situations, and she can go from being a very calm in individual to like a complete monster in ten seconds. Uh, you know, because um, I think young people have less control over their emotional response. So, uh, yeah, I think definitely I'm I'm quite rational now, but I, I've all, I haven't always been. And I think back to when I was younger and how I exploded at my own uh, father, you know, about something that looking back on it was like so trivial. <laughs> I really love for me I think it's uh, the inverse so when I was really young of course when you're a child you're emotional but after that I think I really go into rational and now with the, the um, self-development that we do now I develop my emotional part too so I think I, I'm going for a balance of course that's the yes, goal me too. <laughs> to have the balance of the two minds so the rational mind and emotional mind so I found a, a really good document that I will drop on the group, Emiliana de Diamant Inspirational Group, that yes, in the book, it, it talks about the two minds. But when I do some research, I found out that there's three minds. Because yes, there's the rational mind, the emotional mind, but the third one is the wise mind. So what is the wise mind? It's really the combination of the two, is the balance of the two when you go for the wise mind so your wise mind is grounded is intuitive and balanced it integrates the best of both worlds it's rational and emotional so it rightfully respect emotion as driving force toward value and rightfully respect reason as the method for implementing value so for example when you meet someone incredible your wise mind allows giddiness and infatuation which drives you to try to spend more time with this person and your wise mind also reminds you not to be blind to 
red, red flags and maybe not to move in together immediately. And when you witness injustice, your wise mind acknowledges your up anger, which tells you that this is important and you want to do something about it. Your wise mind then uses cool reasoning to make sure you understand all the facts and then to figure out the most effective way to help. In any situation, your wise mind's job is to find the balance and integration between your emotional and rational mind. This doesn't mean always compromising exactly 50-50. It means mindfully choosing components from emotion and reason depending on the situation. So if you're writing a passionate love song, your wise mind knows to draw on bashly from your emotional mind. If you're about to sign up for a 30 years mortgage, your wise mind would probably give you your rational mind more time. So how do we activate that wise mind? So cultivating your own wise mind takes practice and it's more of a lifelong pursuit rather than a to-do item to be crossed off of your self-improvement checklist. But there's three things you can do to uh, make sure to activate your wise mind. Number one, it's be mindful and accepting of your emotion. I love this one. <laughs> if you are with us on the podcast every Wednesday, we talk about this, this subject particularly. So treat your emotion as color that your brain uses to illustrate the graphic novel of your life. There are no wrong colors. They simply convey moods and meanings, drawing your attention to important parts. So let the emotion flow and pay attention to what they're trying to tell you. Number two, it's take longer than you think you need to interpret, react, praise, judge, condemn, trust, and love. So your emotional mind can do those things in a split second, but they may benefit from slower input from your rational mind. For example, if you find yourself reacting very strongly to a political debate, listen to your emotional mind first and then invite your rational mind to try out the other perspective too before you land on your position. And number three, it's frequently remind yourself that you have a wise mind. So this reminder is like a bad, bad signal. Simply bringing it up can call your wise mind to the rescue. Trust your wise mind, but often reflect on its work so on its work so you can stay mindful and open. So yes, that's the three thing that you can do to make sure that you activate your wise mind because that's the goal to have a balance between the rational mind and emotional mind. But I think what we need to remember is that it doesn't mean that it's always 50-50, but it's something that you want to have both in each situation. And depending the situation, you can uh, use more rational or more emotion, but you need the two to make sure that you always make the good decision and you act with emotional intelligence. So I really love that one. And the last thing that I found is that even though we often think that of artists as emotional and scientists as rational, a truly wise person develops intuition by tapping into both emotion and reason. So if we think about Einstein, the best known scientist of the modern era, uh, who so wisely gave the credit to this intuition in the advancement of truth. 
So he said, there is no logical way to the discovery of these elemental laws. There is only there is only the way of intuition, which is helped by a feeling for the order lying behind the appearance. So I think that if we go with Einstein, that we think that is really a rational person, but it goes for intuition. That's really the, the balance between the two. So that's it for me for this morning. Oops. <laughs> Sorry, I'm try trying to get my microphones back on. So, um, I, you know, as I was listening to Mary Pierre, I was uh, I, I'm in total agreement with her because, you know, when I was young, I might irrationally, uh, irrationally, so emotionally respond to things uh, quickly, um, and uh, I would but I would have a very rational mind when I was dealing with people. And I think what, what, what she said is absolutely true, that uh, as I've got older, I've been able to, to control the irrational side, the emotional side, the outbursts, but also I have been able to develop the more emotional side. deal with people and in a business such as an MLM if you can't deal with people then uh, you're not going to advance as an MLM which is really why we're embarking on this book so that we can understand what the emotional intelligence is that we need to be able to talk to people, to be able to reach people, to not just look at things in a rational way, but try to really understand somebody, to be able to um, listen first to what they have to say and then be able to, uh, to relate to them on those things so it, it's really it's really uh, quite interesting to me seeing how uh this uh introduction to this book is really laying out what it's all about but then is going to uh, move into how can we use all that now i don't know about you guys but i'm a very visual person so um you know in this book and any of you who have it, you will know that the writing is really close together. And, you know, for me, that's like, oh, my goodness, like I've got another. How long is that page going to take me to read? Right. That's that's not a very um, uh, emotion. That's not a very rational response. But um, what I did last night was I wanted to uh, understand how this brain looks right? Because when I started to uh, read the next bit, it, it was describing to us how the brain grew. And way back in a time when we were just a reptilian planet, uh, we had just the instinctive brain, which is the little bit of the brain that's at the top of your spinal cord. And what that does is that basically controls your bodily functions like breathing and eating and basically basic survival, instinctive survival. And then as time developed, the next part of the brain was formed, which is called 
the uh, emotional brain, which is the limbic system. And this is where um, animals went from reptiles, where their young had to be careful to hide themselves so they didn't get eaten, to mammals, where mammals started to take care of their young, started to keep their young with them. And that part of the brain is called the limbic system or the mammalian brain. But where humans have a huge advantage over, or I don't know, you might argue that it's not an advantage, but where they have a huge advantage over mammals is in the big bit of the brain. So if you um, have ever seen pictures, you know there's that big bulbous bit at the top of the brain. That was developed much, much later and in fact, a human brain has um, a size 30 times the size of its nearest relative, which is a monkey. So monkeys or primates, they have just a little bit of neocortex, which allows them to do things like, um, you know, sort colors or uh, respond to basic instructions. Um, but the human brain, all that big mass on the top of it is called the thinking brain or the neocortex. And uh, what uh, scientists have discovered is that the more you activate the thinking brain, the more um, uh, response you can have in your life. Um, and, you know, what, uh, what Coleman tries to do by um, explaining this is to say, you know, those basic instincts like, is something poisonous? Does it taste disgusting? They've existed from time immemorial. But it's only this development of the human brain that has allowed us to, uh, to, to now have what we call the, um, the emotional brain. And it's this brain that is always interacting when we have situations where we want to have an emotional or a rational response. So, so I've always thought the brain's really ugly, right? When I was uh, going through, um, through uh, pharmacy school and uh, you know we had to study how different drugs act on different parts of the brain and I, I've always thought that it's you know not a pretty thing but now I'm going to appreciate it a lot more because it really helps you to understand the difference between a human and an animal and you know one of the discussions that I often have, even with Maria, who is absolutely besotted with her dogs, which is fantastic, is that a dog is a dog, right? A dog does not have the neocortex. It does not have the ability to rationalize situations. It has a lot of instinctive behavior. And yes, it has mammalian um, uh, emotional behavior, but it's not going to be able to do that emotion rational response. It's never going to have emotional intelligence. And so in certain situations, we have to remember that even though our pets will respond 
able to make rational and emotional decisions based on situations. And so I, I will often say, you know, people say, oh, my dog, it'll do anything. Yeah, but it's a dog. It doesn't have a neocortex. Don't expect it to behave in a way that um, you would predict. It is not a child. A child has a neocortex. You can rationalize with a child, um, but um, it's it's a sort of quite a differentiation, I think. Yes. So I think, Mary Pierre, that is all I have this morning. Uh, I um, I loved looking at this chapter, and uh, I'm excited to see what's coming. So goodbye, podcasters. Goodbye, uh, Zoomers. <laughs>